You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. <laughs> yes, it is AfterBuzz TV, Desperate Housewives, season eight, the final season, and we are at episode 12. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm Derek Shore, along with the Foxy Roxy Stryer. Hello. I like that new Foxy Roxy that you're giving me. You know, Foxy Roxy, I don't know why I haven't been calling you that all along, because it seems like such an obvious My name for you. My friends from home call me that. Really? Yeah, so it feels like home. Well, I feel like I invented it because I don't know your friend from Nobody's home. ever called me that before. Foxy Roxy? <laughs> exactly. I'm the first one. We also have Phil Svitek in the booth. Hey, Phil, how you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk about this week's episode of, of Housewives. And what I'm most excited about is the fact that we had two consecutive episodes. They were on the air last week, and then we had them on the air this week. And that's a breakthrough. That's kind of a breakthrough <laughs> for Housewives on ABC because they seem to take these long Hiatuses, breaks. yep. So it's good to be back. Um, so Susan and Gabby, it's uh, this episode starts out and we see that in, in last week's episode, Susan has traveled all the way to Oklahoma to meet this Is family. Is that where it was? Oklahoma? Oklahoma, mm-hmm. yeah. To set her mind at ease because she needs to make amends with this family and feel better about what's happened with uh, the burying of this guy in the woods. Well, what I was not expecting is for this week's episode to begin, and we see Claudia, who is the mother of of this bad guy, dead dude, uh, she's actually made her way to Fairview to Wisteria Lane. the wife, the wife of this bad guy, dead dude. The wife. What did I say, mother? Mother, but it was close. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Everyone out there, I hope you know what by, I mean. By the way, uh, you know, uh, thank you guys. Uh, I know we got fact-checked the other time, right, Roxy? And you responded. So yeah. uh, thank you guys for if we mess up something. I love seeing that, you know what I, I mean? I love that, too. I went and I... I was looking at our YouTube and somebody, I don't even remember what it was, but we got completely shown up on something. Oh, wow. But you know what? That oh, happens. Oh, it was about Felicia, who's dead, died in the car accident, has been gone. She's gone. Oh, is that so. what happened? Oh, yeah, because yeah. you mentioned her and I didn't. So we were like, what the hell happened to her? She's dead. She Honestly, died. this I've been a fan of Housewives, Desperate Housewives, since season one. And the storylines on this show are so interwoven together. I mean, they... Intense. (laughs) They're so intense. They change on a dime. These characters pull a 180 without any notice. So, I don't know. I give you the the Felicia. That's fine. The whole whole good thing about it, though, is that I was actually looking on YouTube and I saw that, and now we know, so we won't make the same mistake again. So... And if you want to correct us sooner, call in. Exactly. Call and you know, us. folks, we're only human. We're, we're live right now, uh, unless you're listening to this on iTunes. And also, we're not really dealing with a full deck of cards tonight because I have some eyelash in my left contact <laughs> lens. And also, um, I don't know how this happened, but we have no water here in the studio. <clears throat> I'm so parched. In fact, oh, Roxy, could you up. hold up that um, lovely thing that you drew as sort of... <laughs> Sort of a subtle hint. Here, agua. I'll hold it nice and still so we can get can, a, can a good close-up. Right, we'll, we'll get Phil, you water. You agua? Agua. And uh, while we're sort of off-topic, <laughs> but not off-topic, uh, you know, these for the benefit of these guys, these guys literally watch the episode, rush in here, studio, forget their waters, and then recap the show. <laughs> No, but but you know what I mean? Oh, so for that- save it. It is not in my contract that I bring my own water to the set. We're not getting paid enough to bring our own water. Uh, amen to that. I can't afford water. If I could afford to buy water, I would buy water. Um, and also, and this is totally not off, to- off topic, but it's a little chilly in L.A. this weekend. Oh, and yeah. I feel like L.A. is so not accustomed to dealing with a light spritzing of rain or a temperatures below 70 degrees. So every location you go to, After Buzz TV, not excluded. 
they crank up the temperature to like nursing home. So degrees. by saying it's not off topic, you're being facetious because it's totally off topic. It's totally off topic, and I am sweating bullets. Okay, don't complain, though, because know, the, got a sweater on. the viewing room is freezing and the studio is burning hot. I know, I know. We're a mess. But back to Susan <laughs> and, and Gabby. Hey! <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lucky my love. Us. Wow, this is really amazing. Thank you. And goodbye. Michelle is just the best, isn't she? Love her. Wow. Thanks, everyone, for applauding. I don't know. I, apparently, we have a studio audience tonight. That that applause sounded like a stadium, didn't you it? You don't see them? Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you all for coming here tonight, despite the freezing cold 65-degree weather here in Los Angeles. I think we're a little slap happy. (laughs) So, assuming my contact lens can stay in place, we'll just continue talking about Susan and Gabby. Now, Susan has a surprise visit, as we were mentioning before the contact lens nursing home temperature um, tangent. Susan has a surprise visitor, Claudia, from Oklahoma. Claudia is the the wife of the dead guy, you know, Gabby's stepfather who is molesting her. She has obviously flown to uh, Wisteria Lane to Fairview to meet with Susan. Right. Because when Susan wrote that $1,000 check for the Lego thing, right. the woman had her address on the check. I Which mean, I still think is just so strange but yeah it's so strange but there's so many times in the show so many times we look at each other in the screening room we say this would not happen in real life dramatic license it doesn't matter dramatic license it makes sense within the context of sure sure whatever they're making up but it's really interesting how claudia clearly she's distraught by the fact that her husband's been missing for a while but she thinks susan is sleeping with the guy yeah yes and susan very giggle-fully, if that was a word, says, "Ah, no, I'm not sleeping with my husband. Not exactly. Um, My husband's way hotter. Sorry. (laughs) So Claudia disappears, and I'm thinking, oh, really? She's just going to fly back to Oklahoma, and she was here for three seconds. But it turns out that the next day, when everyone wakes up on Wisteria Lane, they see Susan's face plastered all over... The neighborhood, and it's essentially a picture of her missing husband, Claudia's missing husband, and it says, "Have you seen this man? That whore Susan Delfino has," <laughs> which I think is pretty awesome. Um, I I thought that it was mean. <laughs> oh, you thought it was mean? I thought it was mean because she had no evidence that Susan was sleeping with her husband. Okay, I have a real-life story to share. Okay. And there was evidence in this case. Okay, so you all know my sweet mother, Mormon. I was raised in Salt Lake. My sweet father, who I haven't seen in like 13 years, um, was actually not so sweet and kind of a fadouche. (laughs) And he used to – he was having an affair with the woman who lived next door to our Mormon church. So every morning when – every Sunday morning when my mom, my sisters, and I would walk to church. And she was also Mormon. The woman. And the woman was also Mormon. Right. right. She was like on church – Mormon church welfare or whatever. We <laughs> would walk to church and see my dad's truck parked in her driveway because he would have stayed there the night before. What a fadouche. What a fadouche. Okay. So one day we're all at the ice skating rink, ice skating around. My mom, my sisters, and I – we're all ice skating. And in walks my dad with his, like, mistress girlfriend. And my mom's still married, the whole thing. So what does my mom do? I hope something awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. My mom is a rock star. I love her for this. She, from the ice, we're ice skating on the ice rink. Crowded, whatever, big arena, stands. There, you know, ex or current husband, my father is up there with his mistress. My mom stops and starts yelling, whore, 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 like yelling at the top of her lungs and pointing at this woman in the stands. <laughs> oh my God. It was amazing. That is incredible. It was amazing. So tonight, while watching Desperate Housewives, I was thinking, you know what, Claudia? You know, you come off as kind of an angry bitch, but I think you have license to do that in this case. I would say yes if there was more proof. Evidence. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, would I have minded if Susan was actually sleeping with her husband, do whatever the hell you want. But you know what? Even though there wasn't evidence, I still put myself in her shoes and I think, wait, my husband's been been missing for months. I have no idea what's happening. This strange woman pops up in my house one day, pays $1,000 for Legos, writes me a check, leaves her address on it, and tells my daughter that 
my husband's never coming back. I mean, in, you from and Claudia's your brain perspective, jumped to, oh, he's cheating on me. Well, because that's the first shred of evidence Claudia has had about where her husband's whereabouts are. You know, I mean, of course, I I think she was fair to jump to conclusions and figure that Susan must be sleeping with him. The conclusion I would jump to is he's dead. She knows that he's dead. That would be the first thing I thought of. If he's never coming back, why would the mistress go to the house? I don't know, because sometimes mistresses do crazy things. Whore! Whore! Isn't that the best story ever? Gosh, I wish my mom was still awake. She could call in and and tell us all about. Um, So anyway, (laughs) but this storyline does come full circle because Claudia ends up realizing a few things after right. letting her anger simmer down. But let's let's come back to that later because that really happened at the end of the episode. So for all of you who watched the episode, um, we don't want to blow, blow the cover too early on. I think if anybody's listening to us now, they watched the episode. I, no, not necessarily. You could be driving to work having downloaded your AfterBuzz podcast. and That's true. Haven't seen the episode. Maybe we're a little more entertaining. Okay, so let's come back to this then. And let's talk a little bit about Brie. Um, Oh, speaking of whores, more whores. Because Brie is sort of pegged as the neighborhood whore. I love all of these words that that sort of pop up in primetime television. And speaking of Brie, by the way, Roxy, you seem to have a bit of um, a Brie moment. Yeah, what's what's your Brie moment? Because Brie seems to be sleeping with all these boys indiscriminately, and I don't know. I mean, you don't have experience with that. Um, so, like Brie, who at the beginning of the show tries to cover things up. Yeah, I as well may be covering some things up. What under- might you? <laughs> <laughs> Under a scarf of mine, um, you know, like like a, that purple scarf you're wearing right, right now, like this one, like uh, glitter on my neck or something, covering it up from a boy's mouth the night before. <laughs> I I am not following you. Okay, boys I mouth. have hickeys. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Hickeys. Sue me. I thought they're hickeys, all over the place. <laughs> hickeys have not been fashionable since the eighties. I feel like Roxy. I feel like a thirteen year old girl. Like, you know, and and it's like you're young and you don't really know what it means and you suck on somebody's neck and it's like, oh, that leaves a mark. I think that's awesome. Good for you. But, of course, the next question is, does this boy also have hickeys? No, I'm way more respectful than that. On his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. More systems detect that a host has wandered off the subject. Please return at once. Okay, well, whatever. Okay, you know, I take I offense at that. Brie for what she's doing, and that's on topic. Because that's totally on topic. Women are allowed to be just as happy and sexually satisfied as men are, and I will stand by that. You are absolutely correct. <clears throat> yes, you are. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. I, did God just intervene and ahem us? That um, was sort of this voice, voice of God. <laughs> um, you're right. I mean. Brie really symbolizes sexual liberation in this and episode. And women's rights. And women's you go, rights. Brie. And how funny that it's Brie, the woman who has always been so straight-laced, so perfect. I mean, Brie, honestly, I'm kind of dressed tonight like Brie would be dressed. A little yeah. sweater wrapped around the neck, a little a little too like, you know, pramped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um but You look good. Oh, I'm thanks, sweetheart. Aww. You look good too in that neck. Thanks. I mean that scarf covering <laughs> up your neck, Freudian slip. Um, I don't know. So Brie is definitely sort of sowing her wild oats. Maybe she's just getting this out of her system because it never happened when she was younger. But she is sleeping with a lot of men. And I thought it was really cool the way they cut together that sequence of her – kissing the guy and then she pushes him through the front door and it's a different guy and then he turns around and walks upstairs and it's a different guy again and then he throws her on the bed and it's a different guy again and then he rolls over her and he's a different guy again and it's Cameron Matheson. I had a problem with that montage. Why? They all looked very similar and I kept turning to you saying, is that a different guy? Wait, is that the same guy? If you're gonna do that, please make it as obvious as possible. It's like that scene in Crazy Stupid Love where um, Ryan Gosling is flirting with all these girls and you see him move tables and it's a different girl but you go from a black girl to a latino girl to an asian girl to a white or a blonde girl to it was like this was like they were all white brunette boys and i was like yeah and we couldn't even see their faces close enough and i was like wait um mm, 
And I kept asking you questions. Totally. And I also had said, like, wow, they're all so white. Yeah. You know, it's not like, where's the diversity? But on, but on the other hand, if it had been, like, a black guy and then an Asian guy and then a Latino guy and then a Native American guy and then a Filipino guy, that would have been realistic. a – Well, yeah, that would have been a little Fine, too, then. like, oh, fill the diversity quotient and we'll just – Go blonde, brunette. Black hair, red hair. I would have liked to have something. seen a little diversity. Something. I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. But also, it's, I, I mean, does she only have taste in white men? How boring. And then finally, yeah, he, she does roll over, and it's Ryan, who is Greenlee's ex-boyfriend on All My Children. Okay, you're an obsessed soap fan, which <laughs> now, it all makes sense, because Desperate Housewives is just a soap opera on primetime, right? I was only obsessed with ABC soaps. Oh, and all my children, one, one life, life to, to live. live, General Hospital, Port, Port Charles. Charles. Uh-huh. Well, and this is what is so funny about watching the show with Roxy because <laughs> she immediately, oh my gosh, I used to watch that guy in that soap twelve <laughs> years. I was obsessed for twelve years. Port Charles, General Hospital, One Life. To, I mean, how do you have time to watch all these soap operas? Um, I watch a lot of TV, hence why I'm in the studio four days a week covering <laughs> six shows. And watch about ten more. So this must have been your dream come true to have Cameron Hunky Matheson appear on this episode. He's just so hot. He is pretty hot. I want to see him in more things. And I want to see him see... in less things. Uh, ooh, fewer that's things. That's what I meant. Fewer things. <laughs> and that's what I meant. More less often, clothing, fewer, fewer things. things. <laughs> exactly. So uh, maybe he'll come back in next episode. Oh, you know, I think he might be back, but who knows? Because in the whole bake sale church Debacle, scene, yeah. yeah, I mean, Cameron Matheson, who I was thinking, okay, Brie last season had this Brian Austin Green fling. Oh my God, don't, don't, don't start me. <laughs> yes, please, please do not. That's who my hickeys are from, by the way. My boyfriend, Brian. Well, you can now die a happy woman. <laughs> you have accomplished everything you oh, set whatever. out to accomplish. <laughs> no biggie. Everything and everyone you've set out to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, Roxy has a little crush on Brian Austin Green. Cameron Matheson, I think, sort of fills that same role. Young, hunky dude. Mm-hmm. And I hope we see more of him because I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, he was a correspondent for Extra for a while, and I think he's a cool dude. But I did not see his wife. Coming. coming. I, I, I thought it was a little confusing that. because he left Bree, and you would think he would have run out and ignored her, but he wanted to get her number. He, he wanted, wanted to, to stay. Plans. He wanted. She said, right. "I'm not looking for a relationship." He said, "You're not." What? That's why it was such a curveball. Yeah. What's a married guy doing? I don't know. But you know what? Married men though are can be. I don't know. I feel like for a lot of guys, it doesn't matter. Like, so what? I have a wife at home. Let's have a relationship. I know plenty of guys who lead double lives and have. I've, I knew a guy who had two wives at one time. Yes, I am Mormon from Salt Lake. This guy was from San Diego and also had a family in New Jersey at the same time. And they didn't know about each other. So who knows? Maybe he was trying to develop a relationship. Did they find out? Um, eventually, yeah. When my, when my friend was in high school, she found out she had a half-sister who was exactly her same age, living on opposite coasts. Oh, my God. Crazy time, right? Why don't we write into Desperate and have them do that storyline? Because the season is ending, Roxy, and okay, the series stop, is ending, stop too. Stop right there. <laughs> so, don't you do that to me. But what I love is when she's kicking Cameron Matheson's character out of the house, he was like, what? You're just going to kick me out like that? And she says, this was so predictable and kind of annoying, by the way. Oh, oh, of course. I've forgotten. And she reaches over next to the front door. There just happens to be a basket oh, of freshly baked muffins. Come I'll, on. I'll take one. I'll take one for the road. No, that muffin probably has 800 calories, Roxy. Muffins are not you healthy. You fat? Okay. No, I'm not. I'm just saying muffins <laughs> are like a myth. They're not healthy. That is true. Anyway. I know they're a cookie. I like this new side of Brie because, you know, the Brie who wakes up in the morning and who has perfect hair and stumbles outside in her robe and is just, you know. Sultress. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of fun to see these characters change up, except when Eva Longoria had that one ugly season of Gabby. Remember that? Oh, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that either. But honestly, the only thing that's bothering me about Brie, and don't get me wrong, I'm quite the drinker myself, but she seems to only be doing these things while she's while drunk. She's drunk. And that's not women's rights. You go, girl. That's you're drunk and so you're sleeping around. Well, but some would say women's rights. You can, if you want a drink, you should have a drink. If you want three, you should have three. If you want to bake a tart and get wasted and go to your bake sale, that's your choice. You know? 
I would say it's more if a man can do it, a woman should be able to do it. And I don't think it would be appropriate for a man to do that either. Well, but a man could have like two glasses of scotch and smoke a cigar and he'd be a man. I would just think he'd had bad breath. But some people think that's, you know, like. Is that how uh, her minister knew that she was drunk at the the bake sale because of her breath? Because she wasn't acting that drunk to me. You know, I wasn't sure. Did he know that she was drunk? Yeah, he said, you're clearly, you've clearly been drinking, so oh. get out of here. And I was thinking. Oh, maybe. She, at that point, she was walking in looking like Brie. Well, By the way, Brie's sexy when she drinks, she, so it's not a good thing. Sexy. I feel like she's been looking really good these past couple episodes. But she comes in perfectly poised with this, um, what was it, apple, no, strawberry tart. Yeah. And... He immediately knew she was drunk. See, but I thought she looked drunk when she brought that tart in. We, I mean, clearly the viewers, we all knew that she was drunk because we witnessed her drinking like three bottles of wine while she was making the tart. But when she walked in, I mean, Brie usually carries herself in a very stiff manner. You know, everything's so perfect. And right. she walked in and she she really kind of sauntered in and seemed like sauced to and me. And I would have liked to see her trip a little bit or drop a piece of the straw. I don't know. It was too... Is she? I don't know. She didn't seem wasted to me. What? What did you think of? Yeah, she didn't seem wasted to me either. She didn't seem like puking on the floor. She right. just seemed like comfortably sauced. What did you think about the whole interchange with Cameron Matheson, uh, his wife, when 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 that came up? Because Bree, there was a moment when she was like, "Excuse me, I don't like what you're accusing me of." But then, as these characters often do, she one eighty made a one eighty, and she went with it and. Kind of acknowledge, agreed with what this woman the was The woman saying. said, you're the whore of the town. Right. And Mrs. McCluskey says, don't listen to her, Bree. She doesn't know you. And Bree says, actually, I think she does. And walks out. Oh, oh yeah. She had, a, she had a British accent, apparently. That was a really good imitation. <laughs> actually. No, actually, okay. I think she does. <laughs> that sounds exactly like <laughs> Bree. Roxy, wow. <laughs> Whatever, okay. <laughs> actually, I think she does. Does that sound more like her? Yes. And then she... Walks out. I had a problem with some of the writing in this episode. Yeah, lot, you did. A lot of it seemed rushed, and like they for, I get the characters can change, but like they forgot almost the voices of the characters. Does that make sense? You know, it totally makes sense. And I think th- this is my theory as a diehard fan of this for eight seasons. It seems like already these storylines move very quickly. I think there might be a little bit of a panic in the writer's room when it comes to crafting these episodes because, for, for just as an example, Claudia and her daughter, when they come to visit Wisteria Lane and they're spending time with Susan and Gabby, that whole scene, which we were going to talk about later and it's now later, that whole scene, the girl is reluctant to... She she's talking to Susan and Susan saying, have you ever told anyone else that you were molested? Have you ever told your mom? And she says, oh, my mom wouldn't believe me. And then two seconds later, she's telling her mom she was and her molested mom immediately believes and her mom is like, oh, my gosh. And in the storyline, these the stories change their course. They don't just give you surprises. They change their course. That the was time. the that was the worst. The the worst done scene for me because and, right. she comes barging in and after Claudia says uh, to Gabby, I will never believe you. I won't believe your lies. And then Marissa comes in and says, well, then believe me, mom, bawling her eyes out. It was like a scene out of the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you know, I'm such a super fan, but it was so melodramatic and oh, honey, honey, like what? That was the least realistic and I think this this girl, I was going to say little girl, but she's probably around my age, to be honest, is Marissa, whoever the actress is, I think she's killing it. She's I think she's fantastic. a great act- actress. So it, it didn't, it wasn't that. It was the timing, the writing, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I think I we're on the same page. And when you when that scene had ended and you were like, oh, this was so not well written, I was I was right there with it. There it was just a lot of- happening all at once. And for me, the saving grace of that scene was this actress. I think she's phenomenal. In fact, Scott Jenkinger, the casting director of Housewives, who was a guest last season, I saw him on Friday night. I meant to ask him about that girl and where you he have found to ask, her because I think she's great and I think she's going places. I think they will. They. I mean, she has been so phenomenal. 
Yeah, she's, she's just been great. Totally believable. I think that will be the last that we see of her, probably actually. But uh, for the past two episodes, she's been great. Well, and this was kind of a big deal. Um, speaking of that being the last we're going to see of her, I think you're probably right. We probably this Claudia and her daughter. They're probably going to go back to Oklahoma. We'll never see them again. But this was really kind of a monumental moment in this season because ever since Brie was dating Chuck and then everyone covered up the 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 murder and the, the accidental murder and then they went and, and buried this guy's body in the woods, that whole storyline has really been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Then Chuck becomes suspicious. He's harassing Brie and the women on the lane and questioning them and then he dies. Totally. It's been going on and on and on and I felt like the, the moment in tonight's episode where Claudia looked at Gabby and we, you know, focus was over on that red spot in the rug. And she said, you said that bl- that stain was wine, right? And Gabby says, yeah, yeah. And she said, you might want to get rid of that. Yeah. That was a moment that did a number of things. A, it wrapped up this whole body in the woods scenario. And the women are no longer going to worry about that. I don't think we'll see that again. And B, it also let the viewers know that Claudia is smarter than maybe we gave her credit for. I think Claudia knows exactly that this guy is dead and not coming back. Yeah, I I agree. But the part of the situation that I don't think we've seen the last of is the hit and run. Oh, the hit and run of Chuck. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well. Because he was a police officer and as the other cop was foreshadowing, uh, they were like, we don't let cops murders get brushed under the rug. So, and we still don't know who did it. Yeah. And remember, we saw that we've been seeing those letters and the person in the car watching Brie. Watching Brie. We didn't see this episode, but we've previously seen. Well, and the the person in the car, one of the creepy moments for me tonight was when we saw that mafia dude again. Remember last week when obviously Ben is in financial trouble right? and he is making some sort of deal in order to make payroll and in order to just keep his, his company afloat right. while this construction debacle is being sorted out. And you totally hit it on the head last week when you said, you know, we're not going to see the last of that guy yeah. with the with the money in his briefcase. And tonight we did see Ben sort of making a deal with this guy again. But that wasn't until after this marriage proposal with Renee. Right. And just like we said last week, I was so un- – I've always really liked Ben's character. I thought he was a nice guy. And, oh, is it too good to be true? Maybe. And last week, that maybe became, yeah, I think he's kind of creepy. I agree, but because he proposed to Renee, saw her reaction and took it back, I know that they're not going to that extent with him, Yes, no, exactly. Which I'm happy about. R- and Right, and that was my next statement, that at least he's not this villain like he was sort like of— Like Chuck. Right, right. I mean, last last week it looks like Ben was really going down this road of, I'm going to use Renee for her money. Right. And this week, after the proposal, you're right. He, she, what was her, her line? She said something like, oh my gosh, this is so sudden, but, you know, I, after my last marriage, I just, I didn't want to trust anyone again, but I know in, in my heart. I feel safe with you. I feel safe with you. Exactly. That was it. And that's the moment when I was thinking, Oh my gosh, he's just marrying you for your money. But luckily, he took it back. Which was gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. But, but you know what? I didn't even think that was incredibly well written. It was gut-wrenching because I knew what was going on, but I didn't feel that. I don't know. You didn't feel it, baby love, because it lasted for about two and a half seconds. They tried to cram too much into this episode. Yes. That's it's, what it was. It's just what we were just talking about. It was like, oh, I'm going to propose to you. And, oh, my gosh, it's so sudden. I love you, too. Wow. Oh, never mind. Forget I said it. Forget everything. No, no. Put the ring back on my finger. No, I can't do this. I'm a good man. I mean, you and I were sitting there in the screening room like, what, 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 what? It's so hard to follow this. So if for you me, look down for a second and you look back up, something completely new is happening and you've already missed the past thing. Totally. And so for me, it was less gut-wrenching and more like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? He's proposed and already retracted the proposal and now Renee's done with him and it's over for good. I felt bad for Renee because that's who I am, but I wanted everyone to feel worse for Renee. 
that was so crappy. And instead, the next scene we see is Lynette bitching about her life to Renee. Yeah. And they don't even talk about what happened with Renee. Until later. I mean, it comes around. Right. They eventually say that. Mention it, but don't even talk about how she's feeling or anything. Totally. Well, and she, yeah, she needs, maybe it's more airtime that she needs. Maybe it's... I don't know what it, I mean. Vanessa Williams' character is. We've talked in the past about how I felt like she was a bit of a, a substitute for Nicolette Sheridan's character. Like, okay, another yeah. woman that's on the lane who She's wants very to date E-D-esque. all these. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like the last few episodes we've seen her really become more dynamic. And what I love is that this episode she really kind of bitch slapped Lynette and and put her in her place. And, you know, reminded Lynette of things she already knew. But before we get to Lynette, let's rewind to Ben for a second. Because the interesting thing about his retraction of that proposal, no, 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 I can't do this. I don't want to involve you. Well, he's already involved her. Because when he's making the deal with the mafia dude. I was just going to say that. Yeah, go for it. Well, it's the deal with the mafia dude did two really bad things. Number one, we see that the mafia dude goes, oh, so that's where the tough guy lives. Mm -hmm. So now he knows where Mike lives. Right. And number two, the mafia dude mentions, oh, don't you have a really rich girlfriend who lives right there? She can can help you out if you ever are late with your payments. Totally. So now he knows where his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend lives and where Mike lives and where Ben lives, which is why you don't do business outside of your house, you moron, with the mafia. Yeah, you meet them at Starbucks. You don't do business with them at all. Where do you do business with them, Roxy? uh, The playground. Yeah, the playground. Mm. You meet them in a public place where people would not be suspicious. Not on Wisteria Lane. Not on Wisteria Lane where you... Any person you've ever cared about lives. Well, it's uh, this is the birth of certainly a storyline. Yeah, well, it's a storyline that will definitely take. I think it'll take us through the rest of the series because right now we're eleven episode twelve, so we are more than halfway through this final season of Desperate Housewives. Yeah, sad times, but I bet this this mafia storyline will sort of carry us through to the end. This mafia storyline and the hit and run, and that's what we're going to be dealing with, I think. Well, Renee, uh, to go back to Lynette for a second, aside from the Ben drama, Renee has become, obviously she's a very strong woman. We've learned slowly throughout the season little bits and pieces about her life. She had a rough marriage. She, she got all this money from her last divorce, $12 million. Her mother committed suicide when she was a young girl. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see the things that have created Renee. As she doesn't have as great of hair as we thought she did. You know what? What's up with that? Is it me or is her hair getting a shade lighter every single episode? Yeah, it, it kind of looks blonde sometimes. It looked super blonde tonight until, until that, that afro yeah. appeared. Do you think that was a wig? Are you laughing at me? Are you asking me seriously? I'm being serious because I I thought it was a wig until the bandana was on it, and I think that was her hair. No, no, no. Wait, the afro was a wig. No, I think it was her hair. No, <laughs> no I don't know about the afro, but I think the bandana with the curly hair under. I think the banana, the bandana, banana, Freudian slip, again, the bandana, I think, was covering Vanessa Williams' real, real hair. Real hair, that's what I'm saying. Not the Not the afro without it. Oh, I thought you were saying the afro. No, the afro is a wig, but the bandana with the curly, curly hair that looked like the afro was just being pushed down, I think that's probably her hair. I think that's probably her hair, too. And we don't see that ever. No, but it could be hair like a weave thing. I mean, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how girls' hair works. It's awfully... I mean, remember a couple of weeks ago? Oh, were you here when we were talking about hair extensions and how every actress in Hollywood has them? No. I think you maybe were still on holiday. Probably, but everybody in the world asks me if I have hair extensions, and I don't. I just have really long hair. But all of my roommates do. Interesting. Well, apparently, like, 90% of actresses in Hollywood. My friend um, works on Grey's Anatomy, okay. and he spilled a few secrets, but we can't talk about those. Even after Buzz TV host who's on Grey's, too. Oh, do we? Well, maybe that host can tell us a, a bit about hair extensions. I'll ask her. I mean, it's it's kind of an open secret because everybody does it. But, yeah, the Vanessa Williams thing, I'm sure there are all kinds of, of wigs going on. Mm-hmm. And speaking of hair, that was sort of a central part of Lynette's storyline this episode because she goes into the salon with Renee. Oh, I was like, how are you transitioning this? That was good. Smooth. Keep going. Oh, I know. Maybe <laughs> I'm smooth. I think a little bit. Smooth D-Rock. That's what they call me. D-Money. Okay. Um, 
sorry. I know. I'm totally sober, but it's late. and We need to pull a brie and start drinking before we can <laughs> We do. do I need a glass of wine or some beer or something. No, the, at the hair salon tonight, she, uh, she goes in. Lynette goes in with Renee to pick up a bottle of shampoo or whatever and ends up meeting the stylist who. Conditioner. Oh, conditioner. Gosh, you don't miss a thing, do you? Thank you, Roxy, <laughs> setting me straight. Otherwise, I'll be getting angry tweets all night. Yeah, I knew it. Somebody was going to call in and say it was conditioner. <laughs> Not shampoo. I stand corrected. So she meets this cute guy, and they strike it up, and suddenly Lynette is on the move and saying, Hey, Renee, who's your hot hairstylist friend, straight friend? <laughs> who I really want you to hook me up with, set me up, let's go on a date. So the guy comes back, the setup happens, and the guy says, great, let's have dinner tonight. Now, all along, Lynette, I I know, I I change my mind about who my favorite character is all the time. Yeah, me too, me too. Lynette is one of my favorites, though, and especially tonight. Lynette's one of my five favorites. She's top five of the girls. (laughs) Well, that really narrows it down. But tonight, she is one of my favorites. And I think the reason is, and this is very narcissistic, I know, she reminds me of me. Because I am very... You were telling me that. Yeah, like, when I'm in a relationship, I'm very much like, you know, if Matt comes over and he's... I'm like, why is your underwear by the dining table? Why are you doing this? Why are... Can you make sure that the Sonicare toothbrush goes back in the... You know, like, I have a certain way of doing things, and I find that... When someone comes into my life and they're kind of like willy-nilly, my opinion, you know, they they could be totally normal just doing things their way. But I think they're Tasmanian devil because they're screwing things up the way I would do them. I totally feel you and I, I see that in her, of course. But don't you feel like it's just the same realization over, over and, and over. over? No, but that's the thing about Lynette. She knows that she's like that. But why has it taken her this long for her you know she knows that she's a strong woman she knows that she's kind of controlling and i think she also knows consciously or not that that is what messed up her marriage by the way i just have to say that was probably my favorite line of the episode when the hairdresser says you know who also had a five-year plan stalin <laughs> i thought he was gonna say his ex-wife that's what i was gonna he say said, stalin. Me too. i was like oh what a typical line and he goes stalin it was great and the funny thing is the moment they sat down on this date this first date you knew what was gonna happen right because no, yeah She's he's talking about his ex and Roxy says to me in the screening room, oh, my gosh, they're totally going to end up talking about their exes. And and that was true. But in but more so, they were talking about they sort of reenacted what their relationship, exactly what was wrong with Lynette and Tom and what was probably wrong with him with him and his wife. Yes. And and Lynette, every time he says something, Lynette goes, although, Although. (laughs) which is just we've heard her say that a million times. And anytime she says that, it's like, oh, uh-oh, hold on, please stop. Think about what you're going to say. No, don't worry that. Oh, God. Every I know. time. And for such a smart, put-together woman, I know. Uh, she was a train wreck tonight. But her, I love these lines. I wrote them down. Um, she, So she says to him, oh, but you don't want to cut hair for the rest of your life. I mean, don't you want to have someone else running your business while you're checking your email in Bali? Yeah. Or something like that. And he was like, um, I like cutting hair. And she says, well, that's fine if you're comfortable being average. And he was saying, there's nothing average about, I mean, adequate, comfortable, settled. settled. Yeah, no problem. And then he, I mean, frankly, if I was on a date with someone, first date with someone, and they were telling me flat out, I mean, she wasn't even implying that he was average. She flat out said, fine, if you're comfortable being average, if someone did that to me on a date, I would peace out. Yeah. I definitely. would I would life is too short. Honestly, say what you think, get up and leave. So I thought the guy was kind of nice for sticking around. Lynette was impossible. I would say what's less than average is you. Goodbye. Oh wow. Good. Oh, I Snap. should be a writer. You should be a writer. That's perfect. But what I wasn't expecting, so in true soap opera faction, fashion, 
they jump around from story to story. Right. They cut away from that scene, and I was not expecting them to come back to that scene and have Lynette and the guy still seated at the table. And at that point, she was saying, so your five-year plan, blah, 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 your business could look like this. Yeah, it just kept getting worse and worse. Yeah, and I was thinking, Lynette, what are you doing? But I don't understand because I think we got the point, and I think this episode, what we needed more of was time. Time to see Renee, time to see... Breathe. Different situations I felt like needed more time. And Lynette keeps getting these scenes that I feel like I get it. I get it. I get what they're trying to say. Yeah. You get it even before the scene happens. Right. Which, yeah, which is predictable. It's overkill sometimes. The scene that means the most time is the Gabby, uh, Claudia, that entire scene. So And the daughter. Give exactly. them a couple more minutes. Agreed. And, and don't rush through the important stuff. But why is it that Lynette is seemingly aware of the fact that when they're sitting at dinner, this guy she's on a date with is saying, well, my wife and I, what I didn't like about her is that she was always doing this. And Lynette was saying, well, you know, don't you think she was just looking out for you? You don't play devil's advocate with somebody's ex-wife. Exactly, on the first date. But I think that, that Lynette was fully aware of what she was doing and fully aware of the fact that she always did that with Tom. Yeah. And we did see toward the end when she and Renee got together and she said, you're right, I'm impossible. This is how I am. But hasn't Lynette had these realizations before? So many times. So many times. And now all of a sudden, what's going to cure it? Yoga. Yeah, we saw her roll out a yoga mat at the end of the episode. But they can't belabor this too much more. And I bet we see Tom and Lynette in the next episode, like having more children, considering how quickly the series moves. Especially because he's getting back from Paris, I'm sure. And I bet he had a crap. Something happened where he realized there that he couldn't be with this woman. He needs to be with Lynette. Some realization on both their parts, something. Well, I know. Hopefully. We felt- I'm rolling my eyes, but that's what I want. We have a tendency to predict what's going to happen in the next episode, right? Mm-hmm. I can think we kind of do that throughout every every show that we do. But I think we're supposed normal. to wait for the end till predictions, but I can never wait. But but you know what? I don't think the average television viewer can ever wait because it doesn't matter if it's this show or something else. I'm always jumping ahead and saying, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is so going to happen. Or, oh, my gosh, I know what she's going to say. We do it with each other, right? And sometimes what I think is going to happen doesn't actually happen, but was better, smarter. Ooh. But most times it's the opposite way. <laughs> well, why don't we take um, a commercial break and maybe talk a little more about predictions? Okay. And because uh, I know we're a bit short on time. Oh, after oh my Buzz gosh. TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives. And more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? One of my favorite lines from this episode was when Lynette and Renee were together. We were just talking about this before the commercial break. And when she said to Renee, um, I'm sick of being this hypercritical nut job. After Renee has said, am I spitting a lot tonight? After Renee no. has said, uh, Lynette, you are the most determined person I know. You know, she, she lets Lynette know gently that... She's the most determined person she's ever known, but that she is kind of a hard It has pros and cons. Right, right. And I think Lynette, even though she didn't need to be told that, the writing has been 
on the wall all along. That's what that's just the kind of person she is. Yeah. I think maybe it's finally getting through to Lynette, which is why now as we move into talking about predictions a little bit, I I am I firmly believe that she and Tom will will figure things out. Yeah, and I, I think we've heard that too, that they get back together and live happily ever after, or at least happily ever to the end of the show. What do you think about Brie? Because this this uh, this story arc of Brie kind of going wild and she's drinking again, and based on the number of drinks she's drinking, she it looks like her alcoholism is is really back on the table. Definitely, and you know what? I never thought we would end Desperate Housewives with Brie alone. I didn't think she would end up alone, but now I do. Really? Well, we don't have that many episodes left, and they're going to introduce an entire new love story. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean, you. What about the Cameron Matheson character? You think that's a dead end? I don't know. He has a wife. He could leave her. She makes dry cupcakes. Yeah, screw her. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, I, I. I don't know. It's. I think it would be a little too kumbaya to end this series perfectly because the whole idea of desperate housewives is that. Life is not perfect. I mean, look at our narrator through this entire series, Mary yeah. Alice. She's always leading us through every single episode. I love her voice, by the way. Yeah, it's great. It's so it's amazing how we Mary Alice is through this entire thing, and you never she fits so seamlessly. You yeah. forget that it's her, right? Totally. You know who's also a part of every episode and whose voice seems to fit in seamlessly? You guys. Oh, Phil. so for those of you listening out there, so you have poetic. to. You can't not agree with me on that one. Because if you don't, I mean, you're just lying to yourself. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. No, it is. It's true. Yeah. And so as you're listening to this, obviously we don't want to say it, but this is the final season. So let's make it really, really worthwhile. Let's go out with the biggest bang we can. And how we can make that possible is you keep tuning in. And not only that, we know you are, but you got to tell your friends. I'm sure your friends are fans. Um, for if you have friends that aren't fans of the show, they're seven seasons behind now, now eight and a half. So you know what? You got to tell them, hey, you got to catch up and you got to listen to After Buzz TV. It's really great. We got to, we got, you want our friendship to work? We got to be on the same level. I want to talk to you about Desperate Housewives the same way I listen to Derek and Roxy every week. That's genius. Phil, so you, you know yeah. what? There you go. Wow, you're repping us. Spread, you are. Spread the word. Hell yeah. It, it, you can be a little aggressive once in a while. I mean, I think that's okay, right? I think mm. it's okay to, to reach out and tell your friends when you like something. Yeah, because then you're the cool kid. And Phil, just so our audience has an idea, we tape our show, right? And you can watch it online. You can watch it live as we do it. But a lot of people download this podcast on iTunes. So if you're listening to this podcast yeah, right now. Yeah, go figure. People DVRing things. Like, what kind of a world do we live in? It's like, amazing. This is unheard of. You can leave your cassette tapes at home, people, because you can just download this. So, Phil, though, so for a listener who's listening to us on iTunes right now, they're not alone because they're listening along with other listeners around the world. I mean, people download We've podcasts. We've got a German fan to write in. I think, he, I think uh, there's been one... Uh, in the past, he's actually corrected you on another thing. So we love, I love that. Like, had, really? Somebody and, tweeted and, at me from Austria, uh, Germany. We had fans in Greece, Spain. So people listen to this all over the world. Yeah. What country is it most popular in, Phil? Do you know that? Can uh, you look at the stats? Well, thankfully, with the new website and things like that, we're able to to see stats a little bit better. Do so. we have listeners in Nigeria? I think I don't we do. know. About, I don't know about Nigeria. I thought we did. I thought I saw that on the map. You know what? That's uh, we gotta see for the, those of you listening out there. You're not doing your job. We have fans all over the world except Nigeria. What is? You know, spread the word. Well, seriously, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're in Indonesia, if you're in Jakarta, Indonesia, if you're in Philly or Australia, wherever you are. If you're trying to learn English and you just want to hear our voices. If you're trying to learn English, you definitely do not want to listen to us, by the way. Roxy, Why? careful. I, um, I like our slang. I like our lingo. You know, we're down with the lingo. I'm just not sure that we're that, we're that grammatically correct. Oh, cr- 
Um, so, no, seriously, we're when we're live on the air, we're here in the studio, and you can tweet at us, and Phil can jump up, jump in with comments, and let us know what you're saying. You can even call in and be a guest on the show and tell us what you think about and, that, yeah. that episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, then you can tweet at us after. Um, where, where do they tweet at you? Because I know uh, if they can tweet at AfterBuzz TV. Um, that's certainly fine. We'll answer like the generic questions. But if you really want to know Desperate Housewives question, I wouldn't come to. Yeah, I would tweet with these guys because they obviously know way more. Um, it's quicker. Yeah, um, I'm at Roxy Stryer. It's R O X Y S T R I A R. Yeah, and I'm just at Derek Shore. And we living in LA, it's such a small industry here. I mean, I'll see Mark Cherry next month at an event that my friend is doing. And uh, like I said, I saw Scott, the casting director, the other night. There's always a bit of buzz, and we try to share that on the show whenever possible. But if you have a specific question for one of us, then tweet at us or send us a message or something, and we will do our best to to find out. And we'll try to, to share that answer on an upcoming episode of After Buzz TV Desperate Housewives. And a lot of times, if you want more gossip on the shows, we're sort of monitoring blogs and paying attention to what's out there. And sometimes there's just not a lot out there. So so right. we know what that's like because we look for it. And if you're a huge fan of Desperate Housewives, you might look for it too. Yeah. And one last thing real quick before we get into predictions. Uh, with the new website, it allows you to see the shows a lot easier. Um, you can subscribe that way. So that way, you know, whenever a new episode goes up, it automatically downloads to your iPhone, iPad, iDevice, whatever you own, Android phone, I don't know. Um, and also, we'll be adding another fun feature. It's the video carousel. So that way, you'll be able to see all our video episodes uh, right on, on the website. We've gotten... Uh, we designed the website based off of your comments, and uh, now we're finding you guys love it, except that you also want to see the all the recent episode, the video episodes on the website, so we're going to make that easier for you, too, so stand by for that. Wow. We're getting really advanced here, mm-hmm. aren't we? Well, we've, we've already um, been chatting about predictions. Uh, a couple of things that we saw in scenes from next week. Lynette is um, effing someone or trying to. <laughs> uh, Susan's daughter's preggers. Yeah, that's we haven't seen her in a long time. And we were just saying a, a couple weeks ago, like, was her name Julie? Ha- Julie, yeah. Julie. Whatever happened to Susan's daughter, Julie? We haven't seen her. I don't think we've seen her at all this season. Apparently so. not in at least eight months or something because she looked like she was about to burst. Yeah, she did. Uh, and something dangerous. Those are the things I wrote down. Something dangerous. They said, something dangerous is coming. And then there was kind of a little image montage. Well, that's kind of a poorly written voiceover. Something dangerous is coming. I mean, the mafia (laughs) is dangerous. Remember when that that plane crashed through Wisteria Lane and killed some people? I mean, there's always danger. So that's a little vague, writers. Well, something dangerous is coming. Well, but, you know, something dangerous is always coming on Wisteria Lane. So I'm That is true about life. I still check under my bed for monsters every night. Do you? That's really sweet. Well, Thanks. I think you might want to check for boys and hickeys under your bed because that seems a little more likely than oh, a monster. Oh, my neck. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, next week, if you show up, Roxy, and you have more hickeys, I will be so just... proud of you. Oh. You're so sweet. Women's so right. proud of you. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, as long as you're being safe, that's good. Me and Bree, BFF. I agree. Me and Lynette, B- BFF. So thanks to all of you for, for tuning in tonight. We already gave you our pitch to call in or tweet at us if you have any comments or questions about the show or if you have any little nuggets of information you want to share or research projects for us to try to find the answers to. Um, we, we'll we, get we, down and dirty for you. We'll get down and dirty. And um, Roxy's in the studio doing a few other shows. What, sh- what are your other shows? Oh, my gosh. I do Glee, Gossip Girl, Challenge, Real World. Busy girl. Busy girl. So look for Roxy on Twitter, and you can follow the other shows that she does. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. I'm Derek Shore. We've got Phil in the booth, Foxy Roxy, and we will see all of you hopefully next week. Take it easy. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz Buzz you later. later. Oh, oh.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.